For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast, of the show, Lead Singer Syndrome. I'm your host, as always, Shane Told, as I take you into the backstage conversations that I have with other lead singers. I've talked to some great people over the years. I've talked to some great dudes some bands I admire, but this episode today truly is a special one. Mr. Jacoby Shaddix of Papa Roach is here. He was fired up. We had a great time talking about the old days, the new days, everything in between, the fact that they have a second greatest hits album coming out just how relevant this band has stayed, how much their music has actually improved over their 20 plus year career. And this guy is just such a good dude, man. I cannot speak more highly of him. So this was an absolute pleasure. I can't wait for you to hear this conversation that I have. Before we get into that, some show news. I like to make sure you're aware of all the different things happening here on Lead Singer Syndrome. The biggest one, I've been talking about it for a few months now, is the fact that we are on Twitch. This very episode was done on Twitch live. That's why there's a little bit of, you know, chat room stuff happening. It's cool. It's cool. But if you want to be tuning in to the podcast that I'm doing live and you can, you know, ask the guest questions or ask me questions or hang out after or whatever, Make sure you go over to twitch.tv slash Shane Told and give me a follow. It's completely free and it really is a great way to do it. I'm, I'm getting better at the video, the visual component and all that. I got a nice camera now. So things are getting a little more pro, 
around here. So head over there. Twitch is a good time. It's not just for gamers anymore. There is some awesome music stuff over there. Tuesdays, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm doing podcasts. Wednesday, 6 p.m. Me and Mike Howell are doing New Noise, counting down the top releases of the week. And then, I mean, just this morning, I was writing tunes with people in the chat on Twitch. So it's a really good time. Twitch.tv slash Shane Told. If you want to support the show, also check out the Patreon, bonus episodes, bonus content, a great community, more access to me, etc., etc. For that, head over to leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. For as little as $6 a month, that gets you in and that keeps this thing going strong every week like it has for over five years. Can you believe that? Five years. And it's been five years we've been waiting for Jacoby. So let's not wait a minute longer. Let's just go right now. Here's my conversation with Jacoby Shaddix of Papa Roach. And I will talk to you afterwards. Cut my life into pieces. This is my last resort. Suffocation. No breathing. Don't give a fuck if I cut my arm. <laughs> Yo, Jacoby, what's up, man? It's going down, dude. Uh, just just hanging out, you know, trying to enjoy my Tuesday. We're starting to get some nice weather up here in Canada finally, so that's uh, you know, can't complain. Where you at? I live just outside Detroit, uh, actually south of Detroit in a city called Windsor. I don't know if you've ever been here. I know exactly where you're at. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm from Toronto area. Like grew up, grew up in the suburbs, lived downtown for a long time, and and uh, met a girl out here. Moved out here a couple years ago, a little slower pace, yeah. but I like having the border right there. I like having Detroit right there. I had some good times in Detroit, man. So it's a good sure, city. I've had many, I've had many good times in Detroit, man. That's a great town, dude. Yeah, no, I remember you did. Forget what it was. If it was like a deluxe edition of one of your records, you had like live from the uh, Fillmore, like a whole yep. bunch of tracks, uh, which I thought was rad too. It's a great venue. Dude, that shit is slapped, dude. I like the flyers you got going on back there, dude. You got a lot of hot water music. I see some Slayer, some Minor Threat. What's up? Dude? Yeah. So what I did is I got um. So I read. I'm in, down in my basement, and I I redid um. I redid it, and it was like a little too clean. I wanted to like yeah. kind of have like a punk wall, you know. Uh. Yeah. So I literally like I I was trying to figure out like how I could do it. And I literally, I mean, maybe it's not that cool. These aren't original flyers or whatever. I literally just printed them off the internet. But every single one has a lot of meaning to me. It's either like a tour I went to or like I got a lot of local shows that I went to when I was a kid up here or just bands I really like. So, so yeah, it's it's cool. And um, yeah, it's, like it's a piece of me. I Van Halen down there, dude. Yeah, it wasn't at that one, sadly. But uh, <laughs> oh, that's a cool one, though, dude. I'm just looking. I'm like, see Black Flag in there. Yeah. That's definitely, I yeah. like that a lot, man. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks, man. Thanks, man. So welcome everybody in the chat here on Twitch. I got Jacoby from Papa Roach. This is awesome. Thanks for doing this, man. Um, a lot of people are like, Twitch, what's that? Like, but I feel like you are, you like embrace all the new shit. How do people not know what Twitch is by now? I, you'd be surprised, man. 
motherfuckers living underneath a rock or yeah. what's going on? Well, yeah, you got. I mean, you got the TikTok song that you did. Like you, you're. I feel like you guys are just embracing, and maybe you have the whole time, which is maybe why you're still so popular. I mean, you know, for us, it's like I just we're looking at these social media platforms as just it's a stage, really and truly. That's what people are using it for. And for instance, like what we're doing right here, it's like, all right, yeah, people are at home chilling, watching this, or they're at work watching this. And, but this is a stage. It's just yeah. through the internet. You know what I mean? Yep. And uh, we've, we've definitely embraced it. I think that uh, it's important for us to do that because it's like, well, I mean, we w- could have went home, you know, last March and just went silent, but yeah. I don't want to go silent. I'm too fucking loud. I want to live a loud life. You know what I mean? Absolutely, man. Well, yeah, dude, plus we found that dude, uh, Jarris Johnson, through TikTok, right? Yeah, like, exactly. we saw this thing was popping off, going viral. And, you know, I started, people started texting me the link to this thing. And next thing I know, I'm like at the grocery store shopping, and the dude at the, that was checking me out, it's like, oh, dude, I heard that track. That dude, Jarris Johnson, he did a, he did like a, a little clip of one of your songs. And so that's when I was like, oh, this thing's really kind of like catching on. And so, uh, fast forward, that thing's getting spun like a motherfucker on, on Spotify and on Pandora and, yeah. you know, Apple music, people are spinning it, man. People are digging it. No, it's, it's really cool. And I, you know, my band Silverstein, we, we've done, you know, like Redux albums where we've like went back and re-recorded songs and, you know, we, we kind of have like, fuck it. Like we're not better than that. We're not too cool to like take a new spin on a song or whatever. And I feel like you take the same approach. It's like a lot of artists would go, oh, that's like from our first album or second album. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, we're sick of that song. We don't want to re-record it. We don't want to sing that again. We don't want to make a video where you guys just embrace this as a tool. Um, Not to mention like, hey, maybe it's kind of fun to do something like this. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I think, you know, I'm a big fan of hip hop music. I've been listening to hip hop since I was a kid you know, alongside the metal and the punk and, you know, that other music that I listen to. Um, but hip hop's got something that I've always wanted to do. And it's that collaboration, that collaborative element. And a lot of rock bands, you know, it's a little more difficult, I guess, with a rock band, because it's like, how do you get four guys to collaborate with another band, four guys? Right. So it tends to be a vocalist or a guitar player, you know, or a drummer, you know, coming in and, and getting on other people's tracks. And I just feel that that element is is starting to bubble up in rock music and we're part of that you know and collabing with these other artists and bringing other artists onto our records and you know remixing stuff there's a couple things we have in the bag with these two separate artists um that i'm flipping up some of their stuff they're flipping up some of some of our stuff and then we're going to collaborate in the studio and see what we come up with and just start putting out these little like uh like capsule ep type things and just fuck it man like yeah rock and roll cannot be boring you know what i mean like it's a genre that is continually overlooked in the mainstream lately and it's just like fuck that man we're here to make noise and be heard and and i think a major way to do that is through collaboration big time no it's it's you're right it's changed and you guys come from the old school i got a lot of questions about those days because i find it really interesting uh, you know where you came from but before we get to that like you know, the idea of, okay, every two, three years, we're going to put out an album. Our contracts with our record labels are structured that way. 
You know, it's yeah. based on albums. It's based on number of tracks on an album. Well, all of a sudden, that's that's changing in a big way. To where, Absolutely. not to say artists won't make albums anymore, especially, you know, your fans kind of, they want that, they expect that, but you can also do anything on the side. And maybe this pandemic has also showed us we can, maybe partly because we have more time, uh, yeah. but really like all rules are off completely. That's how I feel about it, man. I'm just like, you know, we, we just signed a new contract with a new record company and, you know, it's a classic deal. It's a one album deal. But the reason we didn't sign like a three to four album, five album deal is because the industry is just changing so yeah. damn fast that it's yeah. like, I don't want to have to renegotiate a deal down the, down the way so I can do these things that are outside the box and collaborative yeah. and putting, putting out music that feels like it's in the moment. You know what I mean? And that's what I feel like is important is, is being, I guess, with the times and let it be a true reflection of what's happening in the world and you know what I mean? And just, and, yeah. and allow that to infect the music and yeah, we'll do records. You know what I mean? That's important, but it's also, like you said, man, you just got to fuck around and just have some fun with it. For sure. For sure. Now, part of the reason we're talking is because you've released your second greatest hits album. You know, you're on the circuit, <laughs> you're talking about it a little bit and uh, Hey man, t- did you ever think like when you were a kid, it's still in Papa Roach, still in high school that you would not have one, but two greatest hits yeah. album like isn't that kind of a crazy like i mean i know you it's come to this point but like delete everything in the middle and it's like what yeah totally it's like i'm sitting here i got these i'll show you i got these like i was going through my stuff the other day and i have i have a box of these like you know the og cassette oh sampler, yeah you oh, know rad. and it's got like last resort and dead cell on it you know yeah and so it's like I, you know, these things are over 20 years old now. Um, they're actually, these That's are, these, really these cool. are, these came out in 1999, bro. Yeah. It's right here. Yeah. Um, but to look back and go greatest hits volume two, like what the fuck? Like, I can't believe that man. It, it really blows me away. I'm definitely uh, humbled and grateful that we've been able to maintain an identity in the fabric of rock and roll and, you know, just make a mark and continue to make a mark. We just had a number one track with the ending, which is on that as on the greatest hits. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, I got to pinch myself sometimes because this, this wild ass dream that I had when I was a kid, like I'm living it, I'm, I'm doing it. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's come with a lot of heartache through the years, you know, to be honest, there's a lot of sacrifice we put into this. You know, I missed out a lot on a lot with my family because I gave myself to this rock and roll. Um, but yeah. rock and roll is also, that's a family to me. Like it really is. You know, I've, I've been off the road now for a year and I'm like, fuck man, I miss my, my road dogs, man. <laughs> you know? I know? Oh, I do. I do, man. I'm, I'm with you, man. So much to unpack. I want I, before we stop talking about the tapes, um, I, I actually remember getting a bunch of those at Warp Tour. Did you, were you guys oh, handing yeah. out those, those tapes at Warp Tour? I don't oh, know. Yeah, we were we were slinging the tapes and the CDs. Yeah. Dude. So I, I don't think I got, I don't think I have that one. I have, if you can believe it, I have an Eminem like tape in oh, an O card oh. from when, when Eminem was on warp tour, uh, yeah. whenever that was to 99. Yeah. 99. Yeah. I've got one of those. I've got like an old bouncing souls one. That's like oh, that's from cool. before, uh, uh, hopeless romantic came out. So yeah, man, uh, I love those. That's really cool. You have that, and someone in the chat saying they'll they'd pay a pretty penny for it. I bet they would. It's rare. Oh, dude, 
That's why I'm holding on to him, dude, for a rainy day, you know? <laughs> Retirement, yeah. I mean, I, got, I only got like t- eight left. I, I keep giving them away, you know? Yeah, I, I know. You know, I mean, shit, what am I, it's not, I'm not trying to have them collect dust, dude. <laughs> well, speaking yeah. of, well, speaking of your, you know, your greatest hits volume two, you know, one thing that's struck me about your band is I really believe, and I'm not just, I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass at all. I think your band has gotten better. I think your songs have gotten better. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm hearing them up here in Detroit. Uh, sadly, 89X, the radio station's been shut down, but like oh. every time I, yeah, it sucks, man. They're a country station now. Fuck. Yeah. It's dude. Oh, that's a bummer. It is one Which of the is, best. It's like rock and roll lives in so many other spaces now, dude. It's like you're looking at the stuff. People are doing stuff like this. Um, yeah. Octane is a major thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, Sirius Radio is a major thing. Uh, the the Pandora radio stations are huge. Um. Spotify is ripping, dude. Rock this. Allison Hagendorf has, has the Rock This show that she's doing. It's like there's so many other rad avenues that it just go worldwide that it's just it's evolving, yeah. you know. And so it's a bummer though to see some of these terrestrial radio stations going away. Dude. No, it's it's such a bummer. But no, but they would play you guys all the time, and it seemed like you know every new single they'd play, and I'd be like, this track's better than the last one, and you know, oh, and man. like I of course I fuck with Infest and. And you know all the the old records, but I'm like, I think this band is is you know like a fine wine. And I was looking up the stats, like I think you've had more hits in the last ten years than you did in the first you know ten years. So congratulations on being able to keep that up. I mean, do you have a secret to the success? Oh, dude. Well, for us, it's like it's always been a, an evolution in the sound of the band that's been key to keeping it fresh for us. And I think when we it kind of started to get stale for us for a little bit, you know, and, and, and I kind of felt like we were getting painted up into a box. And so after we did our album, uh, fear, we started working with some new producers. We went in and, and we did a session with these young dudes, Nick and Colin, and, uh, they hadn't really had any like full records they had produced. They had just like done songs with bands. Yeah. And so we got in the studio with these cats and they just had, they were just full of life, full of energy they weren't jaded by the industry and we knew that we had found like our new crew. And so we started working with these guys and and making records with them. And it was like, fuck the rules, fuck the system, fuck the, you know, the, 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 I guess the walls that we built up around ourselves and uh, start making records that just blow our minds again. And they really just opened up our, our not give a fuck element. Yeah. And that's what really kind of like kicked us into this new creative space and this energy. And, uh, it just really, it was inspiring for us because sometimes when we've worked with producers in the past and I don't want to dog them at all because there's great producers, right? We'd work with some of the greatest producers. Um, but you know, at some point it's like those guys, kind of have their way they do things this is how i do it this is and you get put into that system and i didn't want to i didn't want to do that anymore i wanted people to to work with people that understood who we were understood the legacy of the band but understood that we wanted to evolve 
this project and reinvent it. And so when we went in to go uh, do the album Crooked Teeth, uh, we, you know, we started, we worked with a few different producers to figure out like who the people were going to be. Uh, that's why we ended up doing a track uh, with this dude, Jason Evigan, really good friend of ours. We did Born for Greatness. That was actually the first song we recorded for Crooked Teeth. And it was like, it was very intentional. We were like, let's go in the studio. We want to write something that is so outside the box and so different, but so us in some way. And we did it with that song. And I remember when the record company heard that song, they were just like, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> you know, we're, right, we're like, right. okay, cool. We're, we're on the right path, you know, because it's like we were a little bit uncomfortable with it, right? Because it was like, it just, it was so different. But that's like every time we've done that in, our, in the past, you know, we had that same feeling when we wrote the song Scars, right? It was like, this is different. This is so different from us because we were coming off the heels of like, infest and love hate tragedy and uh but we did it and we put it out and now it feels like that's classic papa roach right but years later we just got to keep evolving that you know so i guess it's a very long-winded answer to no it's it's a great answer i guess what we're doing but it's like fuck you got to stay inspired man yeah and uh and be able to have failures as well and be okay with having failures you know we've put out songs like we had a song called periscope that I believe is one of the greatest songs we've ever written. Um, but it didn't really translate commercially for us. Mm-hmm. And, but I don't fucking care. Like that's, that's another one of those songs that when we play it live, it just adds this whole nother depth and element of who we are. And I think that that's important. Also, one more thing is that the way that we approach records now is that, um, instead of writing an album full of songs that we're trying to make singles, right? We're like, all right, let's get the songs that we feel could could be the singles. And then the rest of the stuff, instead of trying to make like half-baked singles, let's go make some adventurous music that takes fans on a journey. And I think that that element of doing that has made the records, it just, if you listen through the album as a a whole, it's like, we take you on this journey. and And I feel that that's like, that doing that then helps when we go back in to make the next single, we'll add some of that adventurousness into right. where you're in the mainstream version of your band. And, uh, it's just, it's always, you know, trial and error. You know what I mean? It's, it's always trial and error and, uh, I'm not afraid to fail, you know, because we've got a legacy so we can, we yeah. can handle that. You know, <laughs> I love that, man. You're so honest, dude, with with uh, these answers. Like you really are. I, I think that's a great point you bring up, though, about about yeah, like some bands, especially younger bands. If you're on a major label, the major label they they want the hits, and they Absolutely. they don't want just one hit. If they they want twelve potentially, because if number one doesn't stick, if number five doesn't stick, if number nine doesn't stick, they still have you know number twelve to put yeah. out there. But over time, that sort of waters down what you're trying to do in terms of being a band that uh, your fans want to go see live, they want more than just pop songs, right? Whether they're rock, you know, in the rock genre or you know what I mean? Uh, Three and a half minute structured songs. Like, so when you guys do go on that, on those adventures, let's say some of your best stuff has come through. I I think all through your career. Absolutely, man. It's been, I think the adventurousness is key. 
I think honestly, that's why I don't have a side project. You know, right. people are like, why don't you do like a side project? I'm like, I get to scratch all the itches in P Roach. Great. You know, it's just I don't I don't need to and you know, part of that too, it's been a struggle for us because sometimes people look at our band and they're like, Well, what is your identity? And I'm like, Well, fucking ADD. <laughs> That's our identity. We're all over the place. That's great, man. No, good for you guys. I mean, you're hardworking too. That's a big thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I know like you, you've talked in the past about some of your struggles and your demons and you know, you're, you've been sober for almost 10 years now. Congratulations on that. Uh, has that factored in? Like, is that, has that made this. you more productive? I, I gotta be, I gotta be forthright and honest. Uh, so during the pandemic, man, I fell off the wagon and uh, okay. I wasn't, I, w- I didn't pick up drinking. Uh, thank God. Um, but I started smoking weed again and I'm telling you, dude, like I thought that it would work for me and something, anytime I put a mind altering substance in my body, it just, it, it just clouds me and distorts my spirit, my creativity, um, and who I am. And so, you know, I had to kick that out again. And so I go to like recovery meetings and stuff like that. And, you know, so I went back and I got a new sobriety date. Yeah. I didn't pick up the bottle. Thank God. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it was, I was not clean and sober. And so I had to, I started my time over, you know? And so I'm like, I just got four months again. And, uh, for me, it's, it just feels good to be clear minded and clear headed again. But dude, it just, I was kind of stressed out during the pandemic. I had a lot of fear built up. Um, just around like, how am I going to pay my bills? Like I'm not on the road anymore. Um, this is scary. Uh, but you know what? We're, we're making it through, dude. You know, I just keep saying, no, no, we can't do that. No, we can't buy that. No, no kids. No. <laughs> it's yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know what it's like. I, you're, I assume you're in Sacramento area still. Yeah. 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 yeah like, Sac- you know, yeah. when everything's was closed down for a while and I had the same fear, you know, my band got pulled out of the middle of our 20th anniversary tour, which was like our money for the year. And it's like, yeah. it's like, nope, we're, I'm going to the store. I'm buying Mr. Noodles. Like this is, you know, this is the way yeah. it is, is now. And, and it's funny from, from not going anywhere and not spending any money. I actually like, was like, actually, I kind of have money right now. Like it's not that yeah, bad. Totally, Start it's, saving it's, money. It's been a, it's been a really good exercise. I feel like, yeah, you know, especially for my kids, cause my kids have had a, they've had a pretty good life, you know? And, and, uh, I've, I've not necessarily say spoiled them because I'm not really into that, but they definitely like to, let me, dad, can I? No, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah, I think it's good for kids to, to hear no <laughs> once in a while, right? But I mean, I, I read that, you know, you, you were pretty poor growing up. In fact, yeah. I even read you were homeless the first year of your life. I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah, man. Uh, my family was... You know, in the seventies, it was like, they were a little more like gypsies in a sense, you know? Mm, right. And right. Uh, it wasn't such a big deal to my, to my family. And not, I, you know, I was one, so I didn't, I was a little baby. I didn't know, you know, I just was like, I had a little apple box. That was my, that was my little crib. And, you know, I just, I, I did it like that. We had a van. We lived in a van. We didn't live in a van down by the river. Uh, <laughs> it would have been cooler if we did. Uh, you know, we lived in a tent for probably a year we lived in a teepee like literally lived in a teepee for for a while and uh my parents were hippies you know so it's kind of like it just 
it worked out for them. My dad was a Vietnam veteran, so he was a recluse. He didn't really want to be part of society. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, we just lived very, very simple lives. And, uh, you know, but eventually I think it, my mom had enough of it and was just like, we need to find a place to live. Like we, we have kids that are about to be going to school. We can't, we got, we need an address. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so we finally, uh, finally got this place in a, in a town called Awani and, uh, started living in a house and that was a, uh, was pretty cool, you know, but then eventually, you know, my mom, she, my dad was, he was crazy, man. He, he had, he had a lot of issues mm-hmm. and that's probably where some of my crazy comes from is my father. Uh, but, uh, yeah, man, switched up lives and then she got remarried and, and, uh, ended up with a guy. He, he was really like, took care of us well, you know? So thanks to my, st- shout out to all the stepdads out there or anybody hey. who's got stepdads that are, that are stepping up to the plate and holding it down. Hey, that's, you know? that's really great to hear. Cause more often than not, you hear about step parents that aren't so great. So mm-hmm. that's, that's really good for you, man. Um, Dude, I lucked out, man. My stepdad yeah. is dope. He is like a super awesome individual. And it's funny, if you like put me and him side by side, it, I look like I could be his son. It's kind of <laughs> tricky. Cool. Yeah. That's cool. That's really cool, yeah, man. I'm getting all deep here. I'm sorry. No, I, but I, I do wonder like if sometimes if, you know, if someone, you know, is your father figure, like if you, maybe you don't look like them exactly, but you might pick up their mannerisms and stuff. To where well, if you if you act like them and you know it, you could end up sort of resembling them in a way, right? Yeah, man. My, I will say about my stepdad, he taught me about hard work. I'll tell you that straight up. Like he had me when I was fourteen. He's like, "You need a job. You need to start your own business." And I was like, "All right, I'll start a business." So I started a. Uh, I had this. I still have the flyer in, in, a, <laughs> in a box packed away, but it was jack of all trades, and it was like, "I have wheelbarrow. I will travel." I will mow your lawn. I can wash your car. Um, I can babysit. I'm CPR certified. Like I, and I went around the neighborhood and put this flyer out and I worked my ass off on the regular, man. I made pretty good money. And then, uh, so since I was 14, I've always had some kind of way of making money, uh, on my own. And he taught me that, you know, that hard work, it pays off and, and it's, and it's filtered off into my professional career you know, that, you know, when shit gets tough, like it's all right, you can just eat top ramen, get by, keep working your ass off and you'll come to another success eventually, you know, yeah. and, uh, here and I have, no, people don't That's think about back yeah. in the day, dude. Oh yeah. What else? Yeah. Okay. So I was a dishwasher. That was, a, I yeah, was, I was a job, but I did the dishwashing. Um, I was a janitor at a hospital, which was kind of cool. I like that job a lot. Uh, I got to work in all these different units within the hospital. Like I worked in the, the children's unit. That was interesting. I worked in the uh, NICU, which is, uh, they call it the NICU, which is a neonatal intensive care. And so that's like the little preemie baby. So I'm in there like sweeping around and they got this little freaking baby, like the size of your hand in this little incubator. And I'm just like, oh shit, that's crazy. You know, or they, uh, I worked in the rehab for a while, which I was like, oh man, these people are crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wish they became one of them. Uh, I, worked in the, I worked in the intensive care units. I worked in the OR there too, which was a trip. So like, you know, I, in between the surgeries, I would clean up the operating rooms. And oh, uh, then yeah. I got into like stripping and waxing floors there. And then here's the craziest job I did there was I worked the incinerator. And so when you work at a hospital, right, 
and you have an incinerator there, what are you burning at the hospital? You're burning body parts. And Holy so, shit. yeah, I would, I, I wouldn't actually like have a leg in my hand, like throwing it in. It just, I'd go up to the OR and, or to the ICUs <laughs> and I would pick up these boxes and they would be biohazard taped and you knew what, you know, I'd shake them up and like, what's in here? I wonder what's in here. You know? But I uh, worked the incinerator, man. So I, uh, I would burn body parts. Oh man. <laughs> that's incredible. That's a new yeah. one, man. Yeah. Like that's definitely like Kerrang is going to hit you up be like, Hey man, like what's your craziest job you ever had? You know, they'll ask like a hundred artists. You'll yeah. win. You'll win with that one. It's it's a yeah it's a wild one dude it's like what the what yeah and then, and then I signed a record deal right right no yeah. but no you know a lot of people don't think about you know they look at like rock star guys you know you got your hair and your tattooed jewelry or whatever and they don't think like that guy's an entrepreneur but really uh, that's what hundred percent what everyone in a band if they're successful they are yeah 100%. one way or the other. Absolutely. It takes a lot of guts to do what we do. You know what I mean? Like, cause it's the rug can get pulled out from under you at any moment. You know, our bodies are our instruments really. And truly, you know, it's like, I've had a couple surgeries. That shit was frightening. Oh man. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Um, I want to ask you a specific question. I alluded it to her earlier, but I want to ask you about how you got signed. And I just find the era of let's just say pre the internet, it's not quite pre the internet, but very primitive internet years. It, it was so different, you know, how a band approached a record label, especially a major label and got signed. So tell me yeah. how that worked. How did you get like your tape or whatever into the hands of a major label executive in 1998, whatever it was? Oh, so back in the day, but even before we had management, um, we had our, our drummer, Dave Buckner. He had this, this like AKA, his name was Chachi Arcola. And uh, I think it's from like Happy Days or something like that. <laughs> okay. And uh, But he would call up the clubs and be like, hey, it's Chachi Arcola, Papa Roach's manager, blah, blah, blah. Leave the message looking to, you know, get booked on a show at your at your club, whatnot. Call up different record companies. Hey, this is Chachi Arcola. You know, just cold call. Right. Be like, hey, we want to send our stuff to you. And we hustled it like that and we got it turned down by everybody, every record company. Nobody wanted to sign us. We were not really and truly, we were not ready to get a, a record deal when we, when we thought we needed a record deal. Of course. Yeah. Um, and so we just kept slugging it out in the trenches and uh, eventually we got some management local up in the area, Sacramento and started working with these dudes and they started putting us on all the club shows around getting us open for like deaf tones and stuff. And we kept sending our music out to these record companies uh, via you know, the mail, it's like put a CD in the mail with a pack, you know, press kit package and stuff and, uh, cross your fingers and wait to hear back from them. And, uh, eventually after getting turned down by, uh, I mean, we had a, we had a demo deal with Warner brothers Oh yeah, that we, we, we lost. We didn't, we, the A&R got fired. So, so, and for, so for people that don't know what that means, essentially uh, it's kind of like, a label will give you some money to record some demos to hear. And then they have, they'll have like first stab at you basically if they like the demos, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so the process that the A&R got fired in the process of it. And so right. we recorded uh, last resort, dead cell, broken home, 
um, I think maybe Blood Brothers and one other song. She loves me not actually, okay. which which she loves me not was didn't actually make it onto Infest, made it onto Love Hate Tragedy, um, but they passed on us, and so we were like, "Fuck, what are we gonna do?" We were like, "We planned on putting that EP out and just slanging it ourselves and touring the country just DIY style." And then um, somebody at DreamWorks, this guy Ron Handler, he got he he uh, he came down to the studio and heard some tracks and was like. Oh, gee, we got to sign. Oh, you guys are the real deal. I got to come see you live. And so he came and saw us live, you know, because we had done like three nights at Monday, uh, three Monday nights at the Troubadour in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Because we didn't want to pay. You know, when like people were going to the whiskey and you had to like pay to play. I'm like, fuck that, dude. Yeah. I'm paying to play. That's bullshit. Yeah, we had that in Toronto for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we, uh, we started doing the free Monday nights and, and started making some ways. That's how we got that demo deal. But uh, Ron okay. Handler came up and saw us. He put we played a show in the uh, San Luis Obispo, and afterwards, I remember standing in a circle afterwards, and you know our manager was kind of hustling a little bit. You know, like what do you think? What's up? And he's like, kind of looks at us. And he's like, well, I think we're got to do this. And I remember my friend uh, Peter, who played drums in this other band called Twomp, and he was all and he kind of interjected. And he was like, sign Twomp. And we were like, fuck up. I think we're ready to do this, man. I think we're going to ink this deal, boys. And I just remember sitting there like my wife at the time. uh, Well, she's still my wife. But my wife, I just remember looking at her and just, we were both just like, oh my God. Like, this is fucking happening. You know, because she had been been there through all this, right? Like, I've been with my wife since I was 17. And, uh, you know, to she supported us and was very it was, yeah long another long fucking answer to a simple question i know i love uh, it that's a new name old kobe windbags over here <laughs> oh. <laughs> i i no i love that i love that you have a beautiful love story in your life too and beautiful family and congratulations on all that as well man i won't take up too much more of your time um, but no like it's funny how you end up using money that you get from one label to make like pretty good demos and then you end yeah. up turning it into a like it happened with another band i was in too we had a we had a demo deal from warner and then they didn't want us but then atlantic wanted to sign us and then that fell through for another reason but it, it is funny how that how that stuff can work out yeah man these t- it's it's just it's a like you know like i was saying earlier it's like we're not afraid to fail I think that's the thing about musicians and artists is it's like, you know, we want to succeed, but we know with every success, there's so many failures in the process of it. And people don't get to see that, mm-hmm. you know, it's like they just see, they celebrate the the successes and uh, I've gotten really good at failing. <laughs> that's been, that's been, I'm pro. I'm fucking pro. <laughs> yeah, it's true. No, I forget yeah. who it was on the podcast. One time somebody said that like to, in order to be a musician, you have to, be willing to look like a complete fucking idiot over and over again at various times in your life and put yourself out there to, you know, and it's true. I mean, like I'll see a video, like some viral video of someone like falling down on stage. And all I can think every time I see it is like, I've done that at least a dozen times. (laughs) Probably were. Oh yeah. You're just getting into it. And you're like, Oh yeah. (laughs) So man, thanks for having me. 
man. I really do appreciate it, dude. Of, of course, man. I'll open the chat real quick. I know you got to run, but I'll uh, I'll open the chat real quick for anybody that has a last minute question for Jacoby. Um, yeah, man. Thanks for doing this. Um, Tony yeah. Hawk Pro Skater 2, maybe you're sick of talking about it. Obviously, such an iconic soundtrack. When you got that, did you have any idea what it was or how big it was? Uh, I had no idea how big it was going to be, but I was fucking stoked because I grew up a fan of Tony Hawk. Love, just I loved his skateboards. I always loved the designs he came with. Yeah. Uh, just obviously one of the illest skateboarders of all time. And the video game came out and they asked us, and I was like, of course, like no question. I so want our song on this. And I didn't realize how big of a deal that it was. And it's, it's fucking massive. Like they just did a 20 year anniversary reissue as Tony, like a Tony Hawk pro skater too. And, uh, it's funny that you brought that up too. Cause I was at GameStop yesterday <laughs> with my little guy, my little seven year old Brixton and he's got the Nintendo switch and he's like all hyped. He's like, dad, he got this money. He saved up this money from Easter and, you know, over, you know, time doing chores and, He's like, he had enough. He's like, I'm going to take you a go get you a video game. He's like, Dad, I want to get Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. <laughs> and so it's out, right? But it's not out for the Nintendo Switch. So he was uh, so bummed out. He was just like, oh, Dad, it's not on the Switch yet. So, hey, people at Nintendo watching, but you're probably not. <laughs> somebody here knows somebody. Hurry up on that shit. Yeah. Man, we want to play, play Pro Skater 2 on the, on the Switch, man. Let's get that. Uh, but yeah, get that dope going. game, super dope game for sure. Uh, one last question here. It's been asked a few times, and uh, I know this guy Wayne. He's cool. So, how did the Vice documentary on Last Resort come about? I've actually not seen this, so um, I'm not exactly sure. But oh, okay, so do you see um, it on the screen there? Sorry, Jacoby. Yeah, Vice does these things called. What's up? Shout out to Wayne. What up, Wayne? This is for you. Um, <laughs> Yeah, somebody's going to go ask Mr. Nintendo. So I appreciate that. Yes. The Nina, Nina just shark, Ninja Shark. Yeah, the there Ninja he is. Shark. Dude, the, that's a good little tag, Ninja Shark. I like yeah, that. Yeah, he helps. That's Tony. He helps us out around here, man. He's one of the mods. All right, all right. Respect, dude. And I, I, um, I guarantee you, he will. if he knows Mr. Nintendo, he will ask him. Oh, dude. Is, <laughs> is Mr. Nintendo a person? Uh, probably where else did the name come from was was okay, a nintendo yeah. like a like a card game in like the uh 1910s or something i'm i swear i heard that somewhere but oh well, that's that's cool that's where well, it right, originally came from Wayne, but yes um so vice does this thing called the story of and then they'll pick a song and kind of go in depth of the story of the song well they they had hit us up it was the 20 year anniversary of last resort and our album Infest, and it's such a that was such an iconic moment. That's such an iconic song um, for us, and in the genre of rock that w they wanted to cover the song, yeah, and the story of it. And so I was just like, of course, man. Vice, I love what Vice does. They got really interesting pieces, and I, I watch a lot of their stuff, and it's just an in depth look into the story of you know coming up as a band where the where the lyrics came from and from all the perspectives of everyone that was involved. So there's, you know, everybody in the band, our original drummer, Dave is in the documentary. 
it's a real it came out the the piece came out really good man like sweet it's a pretty emotional piece too and and i got to sit with my friend mark who i'd written the song about um i sing the song in first person but the song is about us i was living with my friend and he was in a real bad place um but i got to sit down with him and kind of talk through it that period in our lives and really come with some new perspective as adults looking back and you know we had something really good somebody said dad yeah <laughs> I'm daddy as fuck. That's right. Papa <laughs> Come on, man. shoot. Um, but yeah, what a cool piece. If anybody, ha if anybody out there hasn't seen it, check it out. It came out. It came out really cool. Even for people that aren't fans of the band, like I think it's just yeah. a really cool piece of because you know every song has such a unique story and and how it came about and just I was just so blessed to be able to like shine a spotlight on that one and and take a look back and. And it's still it's still a banger, dude. This thing keeps going viral on memes and on TikTok and Instagram, and it's just like every day something new pops up. I saw a dance troupe dancing to it. Some girl yeah. I saw yesterday on TikTok. Apparently, her thing is she sings in baby voices, and uh, she sang it in like is you know what I mean? Just all the ridiculousness. Oh it's yeah. Just, Sure. And like people literally naming their businesses, cut my life into pizzas. You know what I mean? Like all that stuff is like, that's, that's really cool that this is transcended, you know, just yeah. a song that you guys wrote as teenagers. It's pretty cool. Or I guess yeah. you're in your early twenties, but you know what I mean? Yeah, man. It, it definitely blows me away. I'm very grateful that we're we still up in the game. We still, <laughs> you know, rocking faces and, uh, just fucking living the dream. Hell yeah. I, I, I will say though, um, a lot of people have asked me about like, have you missed the road? Don't you, don't you want to get on the road? It's like, I miss my road dogs, but I didn't realize how much I needed a break until I've been home for a little while. And it's been really good to, to be able to recharge and just get that like hunger for like just ripping a stage again. So when we do get out there, I, I think my head will explode like officially <laughs> yeah, i know hopefully in a good way right like oh, an exciting you know? um one last question because i i saw it in the press release i wanted to ask you about it uh let's tell uh, tell the people about your acting debut up and coming the retaliators oh, yeah retaliators so uh, i got a i got a part in a film i was asked to be um this character that is just so not like me i am just a sick twisted oh deplorable disgusting individual in this film and uh luckily i had some really good directors that coached me through it and gave me the tips and really really helped me understand how to act on camera because everything i do in rock and roll is like you know it's big sure it's on top you know and so it uh it hold on are you in Silverstein? Oh yeah, yeah. The fuck! What the fuck? <laughs> it only took it only took uh, 50, 50 minutes to figure it out. Sorry, I I, uh, I should have told you earlier. On here in the chat, 
rip, dude. Thanks, man. Thank you. Oh, all this. I'm I'm talking and I'm seeing it's all. Will there be a silver stain pop roach? Because I, I remember you said something. Well, we got to do it now. <laughs> and I didn't. I, I thought I heard something and right. I was like, "You're in a band." I'm like trying to figure it out, and I didn't want to be weird and ask like, "What band are you in?" Yeah, no problem. Yeah, no. I, oh, y'all rip, dude. Thanks, you guys man. Fire. What's up, well, dude? Thanks, man. Yeah. No, uh, it's, people, the chat is loving it. Now I got to ask you questions. <laughs> you missed the road. Uh, I missed the road, yeah. I miss I miss my dogs like like you, but I, I do miss the shows. I do miss I do miss it. I miss traveling. Uh, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm with you, though, man. Like, we've been going hard for almost 20 years as well, yep. and no breaks, really. So the break is nice, but there are days where I just got to, like, I feel like I got to get the fuck out of here, you know? So yeah. I, I'm with you, man. Yeah. It's been, it's been cool to be creative. Have you been writing like as, as you've been in the, in quarantine? I think, um, I think actually to be completely honest, it's been, I found it a bit harder to write. I don't know why just like a little, maybe a little more in my own head. But one thing I've right. enjoyed is stuff like this, like the, like getting a Twitch account and, you know, working on some things around the house that I just never had time to do before watching youtube videos and fixing up shit like i like i like doing that stuff so those kinds of things have been good from good for me we're the same bro yeah i I just i just built a little uh quarter pipe for my boy sick and me (laughs) don't don't break a a hip dude (laughs) yeah it's a little two-footer you know it's just like low-key and uh actually today um i got some sprinklers in the backyard that are broken so that's like i'm I'm tooling around in the backyard, fixing those things. And, you know, so the weather's starting to get good. So I'm like, all right, now I got to go. I got a fence in the back that's starting to lean over. I'm like, all right, cool. I got to go fix that. Yeah. But I enjoy that stuff as well. I like working with my hands and stuff. Yeah. So it's like, I like just, yeah, we're the same. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. No, hundred percent. Yeah. Like behind, you can't see the other side of the camera, but yeah, I'm building a bar right now with, um, so I'm nice. just getting, I'm putting some tile on it and all that. So I'm just in the process of finishing that up and I'm, I'm, I just did the floors in here, so I got to do flooring on the stairs, which isn't the best, but you know, so I'm always doing these projects and now having a little more time is like, I feel like it's good for kind of for my mental health too, to, to do that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Working with your hands, man. You stay, if you stay busy, then you stay out of trouble. That's what I've been told. (laughs) You know, it's like when I'm not busy, then I just get in trouble. I believe it, man. Well, hey, uh, anything else to tell the people before I let you go? Any proper roach news? Any anything uh, upcoming? Well, we got a new record that we just finished up, and we're starting to work on music videos and uh, collaborations for for that. Um, we're also working on the artwork for that stuff, and that's really exciting. Getting into that next phase, and uh, then just building up to releasing music this summer, so fans can expect new new music from Papa Roach. Nice. Uh, throughout this whole year and uh as far as touring plans we don't really have our, any touring plans quite yet um but we'll you know we'll figure that out soon enough but record that thing's in the canon and it's Sweet. fucking it's fire dude it is just hey. super inspired music man i believe it man i thought crooked teeth was a great record i think Thank i you. thought your last record was maybe even better and oh, wow. um and yeah, and everyone should check out the greatest hits. Uh, you know, if you've been sleeping on Papa Roach for the last ten years, don't be anymore. Uh, some really cool versions on uh, on that too. Some some reimagined stuff and the remixes I thought were all really cool as well. 
Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate that, dude. And again, man, thanks for having me, Shane. I really appreciate it. And I'm about to go rock some Silverstein in the backyard, dude, while I'm working, bro. Do it up. Do it up. Think of me when you're just fucking getting in there, man. That's what I love to do. Get in! <laughs> Jacoby, thanks so much, man. All right, my God. Definitely, brother. Take care, man. So there it is with Jacoby Shaddix of Papa Roach. What an awesome guy. What an awesome conversation. 250 plus of these things. And that one's got to go down as one of my favorites. Thank you so much for listening. It was pretty funny when he didn't know who I was until the very end. (laughs) And then was going to jam out in the backyard to some Silverstein. And I hope he did. And hopefully we can finally do some shows together. I don't think we've ever done anything like not even a European festival or anything together. So who knows? It could happen. And let me tell you this. I always respected Papa Roach. I always thought they were a great band, but I have become a legitimately really big fan of them over their last few records. I encourage anyone listening to this, if you still think of them as, you know, Last Resort and some of those early hits, do yourself a favor and check out their last few records. They have become very, very good songwriters, very, very good musicians. And yeah, it's it's impressive what they have done. I am going to play you a tune, but before I do that, I just want to thank you again so much. If you enjoy this thing, we got over 250 episodes you can go back and listen to. You can come see all the stuff we're doing over at twitch.tv slash Shane Told podcasts multiple times a week and all kinds of other, you know, unique stuff that you don't always get. I'll tell you, man, I wish Twitch and all these live streaming platforms existed when I was coming up as a music fan, man, it's what a time to be alive. It's incredible. So yes, don't sleep on Twitch. And remember, if you want to get in touch with me, I read all my email leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. Check out the Patreon. Tell a friend, tell a loved one. Word of mouth is huge for this thing. And thank you again so much for listening. There is a lot of Papa Roach hits, a lot of jams, but there was a song that Jacoby brought up. He said it's a bit of a deep cut, but it's one of his favorites, so I'm going to play it right now. Here is Periscope, Papa Roach, on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love, and I'll see you next week. I want to feel your wreckage. It's a firestorm. I'm falling like a loaded weapon in your arms. Paranoid, it might be reckless. No matter what I say. Steal your breath and slip away Come
Telling me to keep 